My worst Power Six conference, I have the Pac-12. Last year, this conference only got four bids in. They've been not much better than some of the top-tier mid-majors. Maybe we could consider the Pac-12 an elite mid-major and not a power conference program. However, we should soak in the Pac-12 for its last season. This will be the last year so many of the league members are now moving on to different conferences and the Pac-12 is disbanding. I think this conference will be better this year in terms of the bottom teams in the middle tier. The Pac-12 has a chance certainly to get more bids or I believe should get more bids than they did last year. However, there have been teams up at the top of late in UCLA and Arizona that I do not think will be there this year with what Arizona and UCLA both lost, and I don't see anyone stepping up and replacing them. I think this entire conference not only could, but probably should be out before the second weekend. First place in this conference, I have USC alongside them in the top tier. I have Oregon. Down in a tier below, I have Arizona and UCLA, who I think will both be worse significantly than they were the past two years. After that, in the next tier, I have Colorado, Stanford, and Washington. Fourth tier is Utah, Arizona State at 8-9. And then my final tier is California, Oregon State, and Washington State to round out the Pac-12. But starting up at the top with USC, Coach Andy Infield in his 11th season brought in an elite recruiting class headlined by Isaiah Collier, the number one ranked freshman in the entire country. They have three top 40 freshmen, Bronny James, LeBron's son, had the health scare over the summer. We'll see how much of an immediate impact he can make, but hopefully he will be healthy this season. We know this team will be followed strictly by him being LeBron's son, but with the rest of the class brought in, it's going to even add more to the hype. Arianton Page, a freshman that was the 40th ranked recruit in the country, and Brandon Gardner round out this class. Four top 85 players. Gardner, the 85th ranked recruit in the country. And also they bring in a transfer out of Washington State. And DJ Rodman, who is a 10.6 rebound a game guy, shot at 38% from three a year ago. They do lose three of their top five. Drew Peterson, been a very successful transfer for this team out of Rice, Reese Dixon, Roberts, Waters, excuse me, has left the program, and Trey White is also gone as well. But back is their leading scorer, Boogie Ellis, for his fifth season, averaged 18 points, four boards, three assists a night, shooting 39% from three last year for the Trojans. Fourth leading scorer, Kobe Johnson's also back. Sixth leading scorer, Joshua Morgan. Those guys averaged nine and five and seven and five a year ago. With those three back, along with another five point a game guy, the four top 85 ranked freshmen, three of them in the top 40, along with DJ Rodman, a double figure scoring Pac-12 player. I think this team has the most talent in the roster. However, given the freshmen, how many of those guys are going to play right away? 
This will be a mix of young and old, and we'll see how quick the freshmen can transition into the Power Six ranks. But I think this is undoubtedly the most talented roster, and Coach Infield could win the Pac-12 this season. I have USC, though, at just a six seed. The champion out of the Pac-12 just receiving a six seed and have them ranked 24 in my preseason rankings. At a seven seed, number 27, just behind USC. They've had a couple down years, not the norm for the program. I have coached Dana Altman's Oregon Ducks at number 27, second in the conference. They lose their third and fifth leading scores. That's all in their top five, but a few rotational guys as well. They get back Cousinard, who averaged 13 points a game. Nate Biddle inside averaged seven and five, the seven foot senior. Nafali Dante averaged 13 and a half, eight and a half rebounds a game. Everyone in this 11 man rotation, excuse me, not everyone, eight of the 11 guys in this 11 man rotation missed at least three games and others missed significant more time than that. Perhaps that was what caused Coach Altman's season to be such a down year last year, and hopefully they'll be healthy this year. They bring in three top 40 recruits, just like USC did. Number 14 in the country, Kwame Evans Jr., number 21 in Mookie Cook, and number 36 in Jackson Shellstad all coming in trying to make impacts right away as highly touted freshmen. They bring in transfers out of Georgia and out of Central Michigan. The Georgia Georgia transfer averaged 13 points last year on a bad SEC team. And then Jesse Zarzula out of Central Michigan averaged 16 in the MAC a year ago. So those two transfers, along with the three top 40 recruits, Several rotational guys returning, a couple that averaged 12 or 13 a game ago, along with Bartholomew, who averaged 9. This Oregon team has a lot of talent, but so have the last couple that have really underperformed. Perhaps health was the issue last year, and Coach Altman will right the wrongs of last season, and I think this should be a second-round team. I've got them as a 7 seed. Arizona, big drop-off for them. I have them as a 9 seed. That's probably way too severely underestimating Tommy Lloyd. The guy's proven that he's a winner in his two years at the helm, but hasn't had that postseason success that he's been looking for. We'll try to change that this year, but first things first, need to have some success in the regular season, and I don't know if Arizona will. Losing three of their top four leading scorers to Bellis, the most impactful at 20 points in nine rebounds a contest. Kirk Creesa, Courtney Ramey, Cedric Henderson, all guys that averaged between 8 and 11 a year ago. Kirk Creesa, although he was chaotic at times, certainly talented, a great passer, and could hit from outside. Bring back their second leading scorer, Omar Bayo, averaged 14 points, 8.5 rebounds. Also, Pella Larson was a double-figure guy last year. Four boards, three assists to go along with 10 points per game. Kylan Boswell is the only other role guy that's back, and he only averaged five points a game. Outside of that, they bring in some transfers, highly touted transfers. Jaden Bradley out of Alabama averaged six points, three assists, two and a half rebounds a game on that number one overall seed, playing 20 minutes a game. Keyshot Johnson made it all the way to the national title at San Diego State, averaged eight and five. 
And then Caleb Love is the big-time transfer from North Carolina. He's also played in the national title game. Averaged 17 points, four boards, three assists, and that disastrous season last year for North Carolina with all the preseason expectations and then not even making the NCAA tournament. Some people are beginning to ask, can you win with Caleb Love as one of your primary contributors? I don't know if you can, as erratic as he is. We'll see if Tommy Lloyd can do it, though. I'm a little more out on Arizona than a lot of people. I've seen him preseason, you know, inside the top 15 or around there. I have him as a nine seed at number 33. UCLA Mick Cronin in his fifth season. Finally, the group that made it to the Final Four, all of those main contributors are gone. Jaime Jaquez, Tiger Campbell, Jalen Clark, Amari Bailey, David Singleton, the first through fifth leading scorers for this Bruins team, all gone from last season. They do bring back their role guys. Adam Boner received the most minutes last year, only guy that averaged over three and a half points, eight points. Five and a half boards, nearly two blocks a game. Certainly going to be a star inside this year with those five now gone. They bring in three top 75 freshmen, but none were inside the top 65. Lazar Stefanovic, a transfer out of Utah, averaged 10 points a game from them, is the only transfer with any experience in. They also bring in three foreign freshmen. We'll see if those guys can make an impact right away. Some of them uh, certainly looked impressive in their time overseas and are expected to make an impact for Cronin's squad. But with all the turnover, losing your five leading scorers, going to be an uphill battle from the start. I see this team as a 10 seed. I've got them at number 37 in my preseason rankings. In this next tier, I have Colorado leading it. They only lost all their rotational guys, 6-10 to 10 leading scorers, the role players, I guess I should say, bringing back each of their five leading scorers, two 16-point-a-game guys, over four rebounds for the both of them, one of them averaged four assists, and K.J. Simpson at the guard, and Tristan De Silva as a forward, both of those guys also averaged a decent amount over a steal a game. Julian Hammond, Luke O'Brien, Javon Hadley are the role guys, averaged about six or eight last year. They bring in Eddie Lampkin Jr. out of TCU, averaged six points, six boards, six foot 11, but may play bigger than that with as thick and strong as he is. Cody Williams is the seventh ranked recruit in the country. Tad Boyle bringing in a top 10 ranked freshman to Boulder, Colorado, and they also have the 74th ranked recruit in the country. So those two top 75 guys, one in the top 10 with Lampkin, with five returning leading scores. Colorado should be much better than their 8-12 and 12 conference record last year. I have this team making the NCAA tournament. They are the first of my last four in. I have them as an 11 seed in the play-in game. Definitely should be a better Colorado team. And with all this talent and what all's returning, I think it would be a bit of a disappointment if they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Stanford, Jared Haas in his eighth season seems to continue to be on the hot seat, but do just enough or at least bring in enticing classes that there seems to be hope there, but they haven't been able to have much success even with those nice classes. They bring back, though, four of their top five leading scorers, only 
Um, top five leading scorer gone, Harrison Ingram, who's gone to North Carolina, double figure guy last year, also six rebounds, four assists a game. Uh, sixth man, Michael O'Connell, or sixth leading scorer, he's also gone. Outside of that, seven of the top nine are back. Spencer Jones, leading scorer last year at 14 points, five rebounds a game, shot at 39% from three, will look to lead him again. And then a couple near double figure guys, Michael Jones. Brandon Angel both averaged nine and a half last year. Maxime seven foot one center inside averaged nine and six. And then this is another team that did a great job bringing in top fifty recruits in the country. Pages Stoyakovich's son, twenty second ranked recruit, and then Carlisle is the forty sixth ranked freshman in the country. Also added Jerem Bynum, a double figure scorer at Providence, over four assists a game. Probably going to run the point guard position for this team. So with Bynum, those two freshmen, seven of the top nine back, Stanford, much like Colorado, should be much improved. They went seven and thirteen in this conference I, last year. I have them as my fourth team out at number 72. Washington, I have as my 11th team out, number 79, bubble team. Both of those teams, them and Stanford, I think will be on the outside looking in come tournament time. Mike Hopkins now in his seventh year, loses four of his top six, but brings back his leading scorer, Keon Brooks Jr., had a great year coming out of Kentucky last season in the Pac-12, 18 points, seven rebounds a game, also back seven foot one center Braxton Maya inside, 9.7 boards a game, and then Coach Hopkins hit the transfer portal really, really hard for his backcourt. Moses Wood, 15.6 rebounds a game last year, over 40% three-point shooter in the West Coast Conference of Portland. Severe Wheeler out of Kentucky will be playing alongside Keon Brooks again. They had a successful year a couple years back, uh, I guess in the regular season, but then St. Peter's ended their hopes of making any run in the tournament, but a very good pass-first point guard. Did shoot at 37% from three last year, but that is what has limited him in the past and limited his ability to see the floor is that he is not a great shooter, can allow the defense to sink off of him, and then that limits just how good a passer he is. Paul out of Rutgers averaged eight points, five assists, three and a half rebounds a game, one and a half steals a game last year at Rutgers, headed over to the Pac-12, coast to coast, going over to Washington, looking to have success for them. Also in Anthony Holland, seven points a game last year at Fresno State. They bring in Wilhelm Bradenbach out of Nebraska, six foot ten forward, just played roll minutes for them, four points, three rebounds there. Nate Calmise out of Lamar averaged 18 points a game in the Southland. And then they also bring in a top 60 recruit in the country, number 55 ranked Wesley Yates. So six D1 transfers, one 55 ranked recruit in the country. And several of those transfers were very successful at their prior stops, along with Keon Brooks, returning leading scorer Maya the seven foot one center inside Washington I also think will be better and in the hunt for an NCAA tournament bid eight and 12 is what they went a year ago in the Pac-12 
this for Washington, Stanford, Colorado, those teams to make the NCAA tournament, it would really help if someone in those top four would be up amongst the top because if you're ever able to pull off a win against them, it would mean a lot more than if the top team in the Pac-12 was just a six or seven seed. Down to the next tier, these teams I don't think have much of a shot at the NCAA tournament, but maybe they could surprise me. I've got Utah and Arizona State up next. Utah, Craig Smith in his third year, went 500 in this conference last year, but I see a bit of a drop-off. They do bring back their two leading scorers, Brandon Carlson, averaged 16.5, 7.5 boards last year at 7 feet tall. Gabe Madsen averaged 11.5 for this team last year. Also, fifth and sixth leading scorers are back. Raleigh Worcester, over five assists, over five rebounds a game at the point guard position to go along with nine points. And then Ben Carlson, brother of Brandon, averaged four and a half and four and a half playing role minutes, 20 minutes a game for this team. Bringing a couple transfers, Lawson Lovering, seven foot one center. If they play Carlson, Brandon, I should say, alongside Lovering inside, that could be two seven plus foot guys that could pose a challenge with their size. Five points, five boards a game last year in the Pac-12. Another Pac-12 transfer out of Washington in Cole Bajama averaged nine points, four boards a game last year. He's six foot seven. If they start those three guys, that's a big core. I mean, Worcester's a six foot four point guard. This Utah team could try to impose their size on some of their competition, also bringing a Juco. But this Utah team, Coach Smith, although they have a decent amount of continuity, four of their top six back, didn't bring in the transfers or the freshmen that some of these others did and why I have them slotted below. Arizona State is who I have at number nine. Coach Hurley lost in the round to 64 last year as an 11 seed, won one game in the first four. He's losing six of his top eight in each of his three leading scores. The Cambridge brothers are gone. DJ Horn, Warren Washington, all gone. The leading scorer back is Frankie Collins, only near double-figure guy at about 10 points, over four boards, four assists a game last year. Um, Alonzo Gaffney averaged three. Jemiah Neal averaged five points a game last year. Those are the only guys that saw playing time in a Sun Devil uniform that will be back. Kamari Lands out of Louisville averaged six points a game on one of the worst Power Six teams in the country. Sean Phillips Jr. only played seven minutes last year on a bad LSU team. They do bring in a near double-double Tulsa transfer who averaged 12-9, and and then Bryson Long at a Houston Christian who averaged 15 points a game. If they could get the waiver of Adam Miller approved, which looks doubtful, the multiple-time transfer, he averaged 11.5 last year at LSU, but I would think this team would look a lot better with him. Doesn't look like they'll have him on the floor this season, though. The other transfer is Zane Meeks out of San Francisco, who averaged 11-5 and in the West Coast Conference. But this team losing four of their top five scorers. I like some of the transfers, but don't think it replaces the talent that they had a year ago. I think this is a less talented Arizona State team. They were able to make the dance, only one of four teams in this conference that did it last year, but I don't see that being the case for Coach Hurley's squad this year. At number 10, 
Dropping down a tier, I have California. They were probably the worst team in Power 6 basketball last year. And Mark Fox gets let go after four years. In comes Mark Madsen, who had a lot of success at, at in his four years at Utah Valley. Now heads to the Power 6 ranks where he'll try to continue his successful coaching career. They do lose four of their top six scorers, but he was able to bring back his leading scorer, in Devin Askew, who averaged 15.5 points a game over three boards and assists last year, former Kentucky player, he will be a senior, and then brought in a bunch of transfers. Jalen Cohn out of Northern Arizona averaged 18 points a game, shot at 40% from three. He can put the ball in the hole, no problem. Jalen Tyson averaged 11-6 and six last year in the Big 12 at Texas Tech. Fardaz Amik also at Texas Tech. Formerly played for Madsen at Utah Valley, now playing for Coach Madsen once again. Averaged 11-8 and last year in the Big 12, so two teammates that were double-figure scorers at the Power 6 level. And then Keontae Kennedy averaged 9 points a game at Memphis, along with a Juco transfer out of Rancho Christian. But that's four very talented transfers that should up the talent level of this California team immensely relative to what they had a year prior. And I think under Coach Madsen, they'll be improved, but he's turning around a dumpster fire of program from what they've been lately. And I think it's going to be a long process, not just, oh, one year instantly Madsen has success. At number 11, Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State. Just a couple years back, had that incredible run that got him a contract extension, the run to the Elite Eight. Last year was a bad year, though. They went 5-15. and 15. They only lose four, or excuse me, one of their top five leading scorers returned four of the five. Only guy gone is Glenn Taylor, who averaged nearly 12 points a game for him last year. Jordan Pope was their leading scorer at about 12 and a half. But he and Taylor were the only two contributors that averaged over 11 points a game, or excuse me, over 8 points a game. Um, The main other returning guys just chipped in 6 to 8 points a contest. This team really struggled to score the basketball last year. 281st in the country in Kim Palm adjusted offensive efficiency. All he brings in is a Juco and freshman None of those freshmen very highly touted or at least in the top 100. Um, so do not have a lot of high hopes for Oregon State improving a lot, even with the continuity. They should be better, but not significantly so. And with California upping their talent, other teams doing the same, I have Oregon State slotted exactly where they finished last year at 11. Washington State, I have taking a massive jump back after Kyle Smith lost each of his four leading scorers. All of those guys averaged nine and a half or more points per game. And the majority of them were transfers, not graduates. So that's got to sting even more. Just bring back their fifth to seventh leading scorers. Jabe Mullins averaged about eight a game. So did Andres. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Yes, I will. Jack Mavosky. Uh, averaged eight and four and a half last year. Those are the only main contributors back. Jalen Wells is a high scoring D2 transfer. Isaac Jones did average nearly 20 points and eight rebounds a game at Idaho. We'll try to help this Washington State team inside. Joseph Yesifu 
came over to Washington State, hopefully looking for more playing time. Former Drake player, just saw roll minutes at Kansas, averaged 13 minutes a game last year and just four points a contest. Those are all the transfers to replace the four double-figure scores. I don't see the talent matching what it was a year ago, and I have a significant drop-off from a team that tied fifth in this conference last year to I have Washington State finishing dead last this upcoming season. That will round out my Pac-12 preview, who I again think will be the worst Power Six conference in the country. This team will, be, or this conference will be much better in the middle and lower tiers than it's been in the past. But I don't see the teams up at the top that they've had these last couple years with Arizona and UCLA having lost so much of their core. I've got USC and Coach Andy Enfield with all the freshman talent in, Bronny James in there as well winning this Pac-12 conference.